Uh, we are going to launch a brand new series today, and I am very excited about this series. Uh, we're going to launch a series simply titled Holy Spirit. Can you just put that? Yeah. So we're going to spend the next few weeks uh, teaching and preaching about the Holy Spirit. And what really excites me about this is that... Um, you know, I know that a lot of folks come from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different church denominations, a lot of different traditions. Uh, and so a lot of us have different experiences with the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I don't know, you know, what everybody's denominational background here today is, but I'm sure that we've got folks that come from a Catholic background or Baptist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal or Anglican or um, Lutheran or I'm going to leave out Methodist. Um, what, what else? What am I missing, guys? Just all kinds of backgrounds, right? And, and so I like to divide churches into roughly two camps when it comes to this, this, this issue of the Holy Spirit. These guys are going to stand up here for a minute and help me. They're not just being awkward and standing behind me. They're, they're going to they're they're help me in this sermon today. Um, and, and the two camps, um, uh, one camp uh, that folks grow up in a lot of times in church is the Holy Spirit is just never mentioned. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he's like that, that uncle that you don't invite to dinner because you don't know what he's going to say. And so you just like, you know, I, we don't really want the Holy Spirit in this place because it could get weird, right? You know? And so there are some churches where he just doesn't come up. The Holy Spirit just doesn't come up. There are other churches that are like, it's all Holy Spirit. It's like, I, I call this a Holy Ghost church. That's, a, that, that's what I would call a Holy Ghost, where the Holy Spirit is like, Everybody's talking about the Holy Spirit. All the songs are about the Holy Spirit. Folks are shouting and, 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 and praise dancing and, and flossing in the Spirit. And somebody knows what I'm talking about. Shouting and you know what I mean. And, uh, and, and it's going crazy. And so that, that's, that's another experience, right? Now, some of you grew up in churches that are very animated. Some of less animated. Some of you did not grow up in church at all. And so you're going, I have no idea what this guy is talking about right now, right? And in a way, you have a slight advantage because a lot of times we have to undo our misconceptions about the Holy Spirit in order to actually experience the power and the peace that he brings to our life. So let me, let me just, I'm going to do this little, we're going we're to try something for you to, to help you figure out whether you grow, grew up in a Holy Ghost church or what I would call a hardly ghost church, like he just doesn't come up. So if you grew up in a hardly ghost church, the only time you ever heard about the Holy Spirit was at the very, very end of the service, the very last song, the very last moment of the service, you might have heard this. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Here He comes. You're like, man, there he is. I knew he was in there somewhere. He came in the very last word, second to last word. You got amen at the very, yeah, there he is. There he is. Um, I love that song. We should do that more often. Um, but, but like sometimes if you grew up in a church where that was the only reference to the Holy Spirit, then you had no teaching or no instruction about the Holy Spirit. Now, that would be a Hardly Ghost church. If you grew up in a Holy Ghost church, 
<laughs> you probably heard songs that something like this. Some of you, some of you know what I'm talking about. Um, so, <laughs> I, just for the record, I grew up in a Holy Ghost church. Okay, all right. So, um, uh, so, so we all have these experiences where, and, and here's what can happen. I mean, the reality is it's fun, right? But the reality is sometimes if, if we go to an extreme on one end, then we start to experience things that just... You know, we get a flawed picture of who God is and who the Holy Spirit is in our life. If we go to the other extreme and we just kind of don't deny, you know, if we deny him or, or try to avoid any reference to the Holy Spirit, we miss out on the strength and the power that he has for our life. Uh, and so what I want to do for the next few weeks, now I know you're going to come back next week. I was going to tell you, you need to come back for every sermon in this series. But I know you're going to because I can just tell you're already, you're already. Um, so, so we're going we're gonna to preach and teach about the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Because the question is, who is he and what does he have to do with me, right? Like, like what is this Holy Spirit thing? And, and the one thing I really want to convey to you, like I said to the graduates, the one thing I want to convey to you is that throughout the scripture, we learned that the Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit is the power of God who is available to you, with you, and the scripture says even in you. All right. In fact, Jesus, let me introduce what, this is what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. If you look uh, right here, put that scripture up for me. Uh, Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, and this is, he's telling his disciples before he leaves uh, the earth. He says, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you another, he says, advocate, advocate. Your count, your, yours might say, your translation might say counselor. It might say helper. Uh, but he's going to bring, the, the Greek word is paraclete, somebody to come along and give you strength and help you. I'm going to pray and give you another, that Father to send you another comforter or advocate to help you and to be with you forever. And then this is what he calls him, the spirit of truth. So whenever you see in the scripture, uh, sometimes the Holy Spirit is referred to the spirit of truth, the spirit of God, the presence of God, a lot of different names. All right, next, give me that next verse. The world, he said, cannot accept him because uh, it neither sees him nor knows him. But this is what he says to his disciples, and I love this. He says, but you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. The Holy Spirit, he says, is with you. The power of God, the presence of God, he actually lives with you. But the promise is that he will live in you. In fact, we see throughout the scripture, we see this principle over and over. Scripture says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, meaning that our bodies are actually the, the place where the Holy Spirit resides and gives us strength and gives us power to do what he's called us to do. So here's what I would love for us to do, all of us, uh, as we launch into this series. Whatever your background or your training is uh, around the idea of the Holy Spirit, whether you came from a Holy Ghost church 
or a Hardly Ghost Church or whatever, anywhere in between. Just what I would pray is that you would open your heart, open your mind to see what the, the scripture teaches us about the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know about you, but I, I need more power in my life. I need power to overcome temptation and evil. And I need power to fulfill the purposes that God has put out in front of me. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I, wanna, I want us to set aside our misconceptions, preconceptions, and just see what the Scripture teaches about the Holy Spirit. Because I really do believe that this series could be transformative for you. It could be empowering for you. It could, it could radically alter the way you try to live out your Christian life uh, if you will just spend some time receiving the power of the Holy Spirit and, and learning about who he is, what he does, and what, he, what difference he makes in your life. So what I want to do is I want to start at the very beginning because he shows up pretty early in the Bible. In fact, it's verse 2 of Genesis 1 where he shows up. And the scripture says this. It says, in the beginning, some of you will know this scripture, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, without, without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, the surface of the deep. And look who shows up. First, first, second sentence. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So literally at the very beginning of creation, we see the Holy Spirit bringing order out of chaos. We see the Holy Spirit's power forming and hovering over the face of the deep and bringing, bringing order, bringing structure into the world. It's the, this, the, this word hovering, it's like it's flapping. It's like a bird that's flap, flapping its wings and it's just hovering over the face. So there's, there's vitality, there's power uh, in the Spirit. In fact, um, one of the hard things about trying to understand the Holy Spirit is we can easily conceptualize Father... And we can easily conceptualize sun. But Holy Spirit is a hard idea to get our minds around, or hard to conceptualize. And not only, this is not only a hard thing for us, but the translators of the, of the Bible, who are translating it into English, had a hard time too. Because the, the Hebrew word for spirit is a word that's it's called ruach. This is, this is the word in Hebrew. If you're looking in your Bible and you're reading it in Hebrew, ruach is, it's a... For you, if there are any grammar geeks, it's, it's an onomatopoeia. And that means it sounds like what it's describing, right? So if you're going to say it right, you got you to gotta say ruach, all right? Which is the sound I make when I'm around cats. I got, you know what I mean? It's like, you got to be able to just go ruach. Like it's the, and the definition is wind, breath, violent exhalation, blast, or spirit. We see this word throughout the Bible, ruach, right? But, but if you're a translator translating this into English, you know, you, you're in a tough spot because you can't really go father, son, and violent exhalation. It just doesn't roll off the tongue, right? So, so when the Bible is describing the, the spirit of God, you're seeing this, this very animated power, this animated uh, force and the Holy Spirit is 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 movement, is strength, is power. In fact, in the New Testament, whenever you see it, it's the Greek word pneuma, and pneuma means the same same thing. And pneuma is also an onomatopoeia. It's like pneuma, right? So this there's this sense of movement, breath, power, strength, vitality. I was a couple weeks ago. I was actually I have a a um, leaf blower which makes me very happy to have a power tool. And um, so I was out 
in my backyard and I was blowing the leaves that I was, should have blown in the fall, but then the, they didn't get blown at that point, so now they're getting blown this year. I mean, they're old leaves. But anyway, so I'm blowing these leaves, and you know, if, you, if you've ever done, had a leaf blower, it, they like scoop the leaves up, and then the leaves kind of go all different directions. I mean, they eventually all get out to where they need to go, but it's sort of, it's sort of um, unexpected how they get there. Like, you can't really anticipate it. You know, and they're kind of blowing this way, and they're blowing this way. There's a movement, there's a power moving them, but there's, it's, there's some unpredictability to it as well. In fact, when the scripture, I was actually thinking of the Holy Spirit while I was doing that. I was like, this reminds me of what the scripture teaches about the Holy Spirit. Jesus actually, I know it's weird. When you're a preacher, like everything becomes a sermon illustration, like everything. So uh, Jesus said this in John, he said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. And then he says, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So, so there's a power. It's the power of God. It's, it's, it's the person of God and the Holy Spirit who is, who is at work in our life and who moves in our life in unpredictable ways. Uh, we can't always anticipate how the Spirit is going to, to move and work in our life. But He's always at work transforming us, changing us, strengthening us, empowering us, creating order out of chaos. And so what I want to do in, in this series today is just going to be basically an introduction to the Holy Spirit and who He is and, and how He operates in our life. And, and what I'd like for you to do, if you've got your sermon notes, I'm going to just, this is going to be like a teaching series where I'm going to just really try to convey a lot of information uh, and, then, and then also help you apply that information and, uh, to your life so you can live it out. So if you've got your sermon notes, you may want to follow along because there are some, some fill-in-the-blank notes that you can use today if you like that sort of thing. And if you don't, um, then just don't fill them out. You can write in the margins. Um, because, because the first thing that we find the Holy Spirit doing in our life is this. The, the Spirit renews us. Okay, And this is what happens even before we become fully devoted followers of Jesus. The scripture actually uses the term regeneration. The spirit actually regenerates us. It revives us. It brings dead things to life. It, it, it empowers us. It strengthens us. It transforms us. I say it. A lot of times we say it. We really should say he. He is, he is God. He's, he's the advocate. He's the comforter. Um, and the Holy Spirit comes into our life and renews us. There's a, um, there's a tropical zone. It's called uh, the Intercontinental Convergence Zone. Some of you may have heard of this zone. It's right around the equator uh, on the earth. And, uh, and it, is, it is the one place that sailors do not want to go. In fact, they call it the doldrums. Because right along about five degrees north and five degrees south of the equator is a dead zone. There's no wind, there's no, there's no, there's no breeze, and, and ancient sailors, it's not so much of a big deal now, but ancient sailors hated to get stuck in the doldrums because their ships would get into this area and then there would be no, no wind to fill their sails. And there was actually in the 15th century, um, his name was Vasco da Gama, he was a famous sailor in the 15th century, he, his whole fleet got stuck in the doldrums, in this, in this convergence uh, zone. And they were not able to make it out. He lost two-thirds of the sailors uh, in this voyage because there was no wind. And, the, you know, they're trying to row these huge vessels, but they couldn't get them to go anywhere, and there was no wind to blow them. A lot of times in our life, we try to, 
We try to row, you know, on our own. We try to, by the power of our own strength, try to move in life. But a lot of times we get stuck, right? And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to breathe into our life, to get us unstuck, to renew us, to strengthen us, to empower us, right? In fact, Jesus said, said this. He said, the Spirit, you can go to this next scripture, the Spirit gives life. How many need some life in your life? You need some fresh, some fresh breeze in your life. You need a little bit of a gust of wind to help you get unstuck. You need a little something to keep moving you forward, right? Sometimes we get stuck on our own and the power of the Spirit in our life is there to give us, give us breath, give us motion, give us vitality to move us forward. I, uh, I, I used to live for a little while in, in Los Angeles and one of the things, you know, one of the things I, I couldn't stand about Los Angeles is the smog that would settle in. And you would look out, and I mean, just like, you know, nine days out of ten, there was this just huge dark cloud covering the, you know, covering the, the, the outline of the, the horizon, right? And you're in this beautiful city, but it's just covered with this darkness, right? And it's just there, and it's just toxic, and it's just gross. But then every once in a while, the Santa Ana winds would come in, and they would blow that out, Right? And that would just get blown out. And then suddenly you can breathe again. Suddenly you could look and see and there was light and there was beauty. Right? This happens for us. Sometimes our life gets, gets heavy laden with stuff that is dark. It's like we're like pig pen. You know, remember Pigpen and Charlie Brown? It's like, like a cloud of dirt just following the guy everywhere he goes, right? And we need a fresh wind to blow through and to blow, blow, the, blow the old stuff out. Some of you have got stuff in your life right now, shame, you've got guilt, you've got fear, you've got anxiety, you've got addictions, you've got dread. You've got, we've all got stuff in our life, and we need the power of the Spirit to renew us, to blow it out. Now, the problem with, with L.A. is that after the Santa Ana winds came, you got about two days of glorious sunlight and beautiful skylines, right? But then the smog would start building back up. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. He blows it out and he keeps it out. He flows it out. Let me, let me read you this next scripture uh, from Romans. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. So those of you who are experiencing shame and fear and guilt, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So the scripture is teaching us that the spirit, when you embrace the spirit in your life, you embrace the Holy Spirit in your life, he, he frees you. He blows the stuff out of your life. And instead of, instead of it coming back over and over and over, he helps. And this is, this is where he takes you next. He guides you. He guides you into the new life that he has for you so that you don't just end up in the same spot. So he refreshes you, he revives you, he regenerates you, and then the scriptures teaches that he, he guides you, he guides your life. Um, I was at the Galleria Mall the other day, and this is a verifiably true story. I know you guys think I make this stuff up, but my wife was there, she can vouch for me. We were going into Cheesecake Factory, and there was a, there was a, there was a man that was walking towards, he was walking down the sidewalk, and I could see he was visually impaired. He had a white cane with a red tip, and I could see he was visually impaired. And he, was, he had somebody that he was holding onto their arm, 
and they were walking down to, you know, through this, on the sidewalk outside of uh, Cheesecake Factory. And then I noticed something that just really struck me. And you guys are, I know you think, and you're going to think I'm making this up. The guy who was guiding him, I noticed, I looked over there, also had a white stick with a red tip. They were both, they were both visually impaired. And like the scripture, when Jesus says, talks to the Pharisees, and he says, you're the blind leading the blind, you know? Like I immediately am thinking, you know, this is, this is, this is one of those little like, like visual moments that I can say for my own life. Sometimes I am guided, sometimes I am influenced by things that cannot necessarily see clearly. You know what I'm saying? Like, like sometimes we hear, you know, opinions of folks or we tune in on the radio or the television or we hear, you know, ideas on the internet or we are friends. And, and a lot of times we're like the blind leading the blind, right? And we're going down paths. We know that God wants to lead us and guide us, but we are not hearing his voice. We're hearing the voices of other folks who might not be able to lead us down the path that he has for us. Scripture says that he guides us. Look at, look at this. Look at, what, look at what the scripture teaches. Um, and I think this is a powerful, powerful uh, verse in John 16. Uh, Jesus is saying to his disciples, he says, I have much more to say to you. Okay? Jesus was like, look, Jesus is, he's like, you know what? I've, got, I've only got a certain amount of time. You know, I want to preach you a longer sermon. I'm feeling Jesus in this moment. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he says, he will guide you into all truth. So he doesn't, he's saying, he's not only going to refresh you. He's not only going to regenerate your life, but he's going to guide you. And he's going to lead you down the path that he wants you to go. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, because I think it myself. And that is, okay, well, it's nice for him to guide me. I'm glad that he's going to, he's going to instruct me and teach me where I should go. But a lot of times, even though I know where to go, I don't necessarily have the power to get there. Anybody with me on that? Like, like you actually know, like, you know, the right decision would be to do that, right? And yet you seem to lack the will or the power or the strength to do that thing which you know is the right thing to do, right? Or vice versa. You know the right thing to do is to not do that. And yet you seem to lack the strength to avoid doing the things that you ought to avoid, right? We've all been there. But that's where I, what I love because the, the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit, and this is what we're going to get into over the series, the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit, the Scripture teaches, is to empower you. The Spirit empowers you. So He doesn't only refresh you and regenerate you and renew you. He doesn't only guide you, but then He actually gives you the power to fulfill and to follow the guidance that He's giving you. He's actually giving you the strength the, the, the scripture teaches that he's an, he's an advocate, right? He's, an help, he's a helper. He's going to give you the strength. When we look through the Old Testament, when we look through the Hebrew Bible, we see the Holy Spirit always giving people the power to do what God has designed for them to do. We see it over and over and over again. We see, we see the Holy Spirit giving uh, Joseph the power to interpret the dreams of the Pharaoh so that he can move forward in the path that God has for him. We see, we see the Holy Spirit come upon the 70 elders that were appointed by Moses to lead God's people through the desert. We see the Holy Spirit come upon Joshua. Remember, I, re- I quoted Joshua earlier. Holy Spirit comes upon Joshua to give him the strength to lead the people into the promised land. The Holy Spirit comes upon David to give him the power to, to fight the, the, the giant Goliath. 
The Holy Spirit comes upon the prophets. The Holy Spirit, in fact, there's one passage where he comes upon a craftsman, Bezalel. And he gives Bezalel the power to do his carpentry work. I mean, the Holy Spirit is always coming upon us to empower us to do the things that God wants us to do. And what I love, what Jesus said earlier is he's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you. He's going he's to actually work in you. He's going to come to you and dwell inside of you to empower you to do what he made you to do. In fact, I want to read you this last verse and I'm going to close with this. It says this. This is Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Just Jesus speaking. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's what he's come to do. You can come help me close, Gary. You, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and to the ends of the earth. The, the purpose of the Holy Spirit in your life and I want you to, to just track with me for the next few weeks on this. Holy Spirit's not crazy. Holy Spirit's not weird. Holy Spirit's not going to make you become like a freak. The Holy Spirit is the power of God at work in your life to lead you into the path that he has for you. Somebody with me? I was, uh, this is a couple years ago, and I told this story a couple years ago, but a few, few years ago I was, I was, I had just started... I just joined a gym, and I just started to go to trying to get some exercise and stay fit. And um, I went into the gym, and there are a few kind of fouls that you can commit at the gym. One, you, if you sit on the weight bench and scroll Facebook, that's a gym foul. Don't do that. Like, people don't like that, right? You know, if you, if you, if you pull up your shirt to check out your abs in the mirror in the gym, that's a gym foul. Don't do that, okay? I'm just giving you guys some tips, all right? Third gym foul. I, wasn't, I didn't do either of those things, by the way. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Here's the gym foul I committed. If the weight is too heavy, don't try to lift it on your own. That's a gym foul. I was there, and there were all these guys, and they're all working out, and they're all pretty tough, and I'm like, I wonder if I can keep up. I wonder if the old dog can keep up with these young bucks. So I get on the weight bench. I piled on the, the weight that I used to pile on a few years ago, a couple decades ago. And, and uh, I was able to lift it once. I said, well, I, I bet I got a second rep. I lifted the second time. It was a little heavier. I said, I think I, I think I could do a third. I got a third. I squeezed out that third rep. I said, I wonder if I've got a fourth. Now, here's the thing. If you wonder if you've got a fourth, you should move on to the machines, Okay. <laughs> Um, I said, I think I got the fourth. I brought the weight down on the bench. I brought the weight down on my chest. And man, that weight would not go back up. It just wouldn't go up. And you have this moment. It's embarrassment. It's uh, panic. It's shame. Self-condemnation. Because you know that you've got no way to get this weight off your chest. Like you, you, you can't roll it down. You know, you can't tip it over one way and let it slide off and like you're stuck <laughs> I must have let out a violent exhalation because because a couple guys from the gym came over and like picked it up off me you know and I like timidly walked to the locker room and tried to act you know hope that nobody would recognize me the second time but the, there were two problems one is 
the weight was too much. It's too heavy for me to bear. And I was too stubborn to ask for help. Some of you are in periods of your life right now where the weight is too much and you're too stubborn to ask for help. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. He didn't want that weight on your chest. He didn't want you sitting up under that weight not being able to lift it. He wants to give you the strength to fulfill the purpose that he has for you. Come on, somebody. Would you stand with me? I'm just going to ask you to, here's, here's my takeaway. I'm going to ask you to come to every Sunday that we do this series. I know you're coming next Sunday because next Sunday is Mother's Day. Isn't that right? You better come by the power of your mother and by the power of the Holy Spirit. You better get, be in church. Um, but I, I really do because I really think that God can, can do a work in our life. If we can imagine what, what we can do on our own, and then we can imagine what the power of the Almighty God can do in our hearts and through our lives when we embrace Him, not just individually, but imagine what the Holy Spirit can do in a church community like ours. When the whole family says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere, right? When we say, Father, we, we want your Spirit in our life. We want the presence and the power of God in our life. God can transform us. He can transform our city. He can transform the world when a group of people will say, we can't do it on our own. The weight is too much, but we are not too stubborn to ask for help. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. And then the worship team is just going to lead us out. Let's just sing. A, you've got about two minutes left in this service. I can see it counting down back there. But, but I'm going to pray for you. And then let's just sing, sing that song. And let that song be your prayer. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Let me pray for you. Father, we come before you right now. And we do welcome your Holy Spirit. We welcome your presence. We welcome the breath of your presence in our heart. Renew us, God. Regenerate us. Revive us. Clear out the old. And then guide us down the path that you would have us go. Guide us down the path that will keep us from getting the smog back in our life. And God, when we struggle and we stumble, we pray that you would empower us to live out the life that you've called us to live. Give us your strength. Give us your power. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.